Welcome to Empower Humans. Welcome again to the Empower Humans podcast. This is episode 150. We made it, my friends. Here we are, and we've got uh, the one and only Greg McEwen, who's returned to the podcast today. As promised, I've been talking about this for a few weeks, and he is the author of uh, the book Essentialism a few years ago, and now the new book that just barely came out called Effortless, Make It Easier to Do What Matters Most. Greg brought us such great material today, so many great uh, insights, stories, thoughts. We kind of went through some of the structure of the book and why it was laid out that way and what inspired him in his own life and some situations and stories there that brought about this book to begin with. So we get to see some of the turmoil and challenges he faced from which this book was born. And uh, I can't say enough. Greg's talking, he's talking about his friend Steve Harvey and these other people that, uh, you know, he's of the upper echelons of this whole thing. And I, you know, I really, really encourage everybody to listen intently to everything he has to say. Not so much things I have to say. <laughs> listen to what Greg's got to say because he's got a lot of great uh, insights and just power to the uh, topic and subject matter that we're talking about here. Uh, before we jump into the interview real fast, I just want to remind you as always, you are absolutely priceless and you're never alone. Please, 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 if you're in need of something, reach out. You've got friends, family, neighbors. You've got me, info at empowerhumans.com. You've got uh, at Empower101 on Instagram and Twitter. And our uh, little TikTok account at Empower Humans is uh, trucking along here. So you can go check out videos there. You can send messages there as well. Uh, I'm still getting used to the whole TikTok thing. Uh, but we've also got a YouTube channel. We've also got uh, Facebook and Instagram and other things. I did mention Instagram. But uh, anyway, You've got lots of resources. Please, please just remember the riches are found in you. You are absolutely priceless. You are not alone. And our challenges, study. Go find and pick up Effortless. It's available on Amazon and, and audiobook form. I listened to the audiobook and I loved it. Uh, Greg is from uh, across the pond, uh, Great Britain area. And so he's got that cool British accent. And uh, so <laughs> you get to listen to the audiobook, you get to hear that. And uh, also, just find things that resonate with you. Um, obviously, I can't recommend enough reading and or listening to this book, but uh, there's tons of resources to do that. There's these library apps that I keep talking about, Libby and Hoopla Digital. They tie into the local library systems. I use these with my boys, and I use them personally. And, uh, boy, I was listening. When I was doing Grubhub for a little while, I was listening to hundreds of books while I <laughs> went around and uh, delivered people's food because I was at this place where that's what I needed to do to make ends meet. But instead of listening to some angry music or some other thing that I could have done or some other kind of music, I listened to books. And I learned all kinds of great things, and I continue to do that. So I encourage you to study. Second challenge, make great moments. I was uh, – yesterday I just started a uh, – baby yoda lego set with my <laughs> nine-year-old he's really into star wars and i love it you know i wasn't like super into star wars but i'm a fan and uh, I'm, I'm a fan of spending time with my son and that's what this whole podcast today is all about is finding the things that matter most greg talks at length about what that all means about having the big stones the the essential things in your life and making those things go first uh and being at the front of the line, so to speak, and then weeding out all the other waste of time nonsense that we, a lot of times, a lot of times it's a mental game, but I'm, I'm uh, getting off topic a little, make great moments, but filter out the, the garbage that gets in the way too, is all part of that process. The last challenge, very simple. Let's keep doing this podcast together. I can't thank you enough for spending time with us and consuming this content. I'm so excited to bring you this interview and I don't think I need to give any more introduction. Uh, here is best-selling author of both Essentialism and Effortless, the one and only Greg McEwen. Here we go. 
We are pleased to welcome back Greg McEwen to the podcast, uh, best-selling author of Essentialism and now Effortless. And uh, Greg, how are you doing today? Phil, I'm doing great. It's great to be with you again. Yeah, it's great to have you. I, uh, I recently re-listened to the audiobook of Essentialism, and I've done that multiple times. And, <laughs> and I got the audiobook for Effortless. And I can't tell you enough how great these books are just tons and tons and tons of quality, actionable material. So you're coming to us from California. You've got the, you've got the British accent going, but you live in California, don't you? That's right. I do. I live uh, kind of north of Malibu. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, by the way, how are things in California these days after, you know, with this pandemic situation, are things getting better? Yes. I think that we are unquestionably close to reopening now. And um, it's an interesting moment with opportunity and also a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Uh, 16 months of this experience, I generally think that there are two kinds of people in the world right now. Yeah. Uh, there are people who are burned out, uh, and then there are people who know they are burned out. Uh, <laughs> and, that, and that about does it. And so it really is a, a question for everybody now, uh, for leaders, for individuals, to figure out how do you make decisions given that context? Yeah. How, how do you lead in a, in a time? I mean, if everyone's well-rested, everyone's got lots of energy, you can lead a certain way. If everybody is on the edge of exhaustion or way past it, it, it behooves us to find um, you know, a, a particular approach to leadership for this moment. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's, this, this hit everyone uh, out of the blue. And, and one of the things I've been saying is, if COVID taught us anything, it's how interconnected we are as human beings. I mean, just the fact that, you know, people had to quarantine and this thing spread in a matter of just a few months to basically a global scale. And now here we are trying to pick up the pieces. And, and then there's lots of countries still still struggling big time, too. I mean, we're fortunate in the U.S. and, you know, the developed world. So and, and you just mentioned burnout as burnout, not knowing they're burnt out and knowing they're <laughs> burnt out. Essentially, one of the things you talk about in the book is towards the beginning, you talk about burnout is not a badge of honor. Do you want to kind of elaborate on that a little bit? Well, we've been conned into thinking that um, that the busier you are, the more important you are. Yeah. Remember Patrick McGuinness, who's been on the What's Essential podcast uh, with me uh, and was the person who first put FOMO into the world, Yeah, first published it. Uh, now, of course, that word's in the dictionary, so it's great bragging rights for him. But he <laughs> was saying that there came a point in his life where he felt if somebody was, wasn't staying till the late hours of the day or even the early hours of the next morning in their job, they must not have a very important job. Yeah. That, 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 so this idea of I'm nonstop, the idea of uh, endless work and endless hours almost becoming a proxy for importance is, is, is a dangerous paradigm. Uh, and it was for him, it, it almost discombobulated his system. Um, and yeah. he, both physically, uh, mentally, his whole career, everything almost, uh, almost discombobulated. And it was all really because he, 
bought into this idea that busyness and burnout are badges of honor. Yeah. And so yes, I am. I am trying both in essentialism and now in this new book, Effortless, um, to to articulate an alternative path. Uh, you know, so that success feels better than yeah. sometimes it does right now. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of redefining success versus the, I guess, traditional ideas that people have concocted here in society. And, you know, I've listened to Steve Harvey talk about, uh, you know, successful people or even millionaires get five hours of sleep and that's that. <laughs> and I know you talk at length and a lot of folks lately have kind of sounded the alarm on that. And, oh, no, no, you've got to get enough sleep. And that's, I mean, that's a big part of burnout, isn't it? Just like you said, all hours of the night, right? The whole sleep and rest, which is the thing you address at length in the, in the book here. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that aspect since, I guess, since I touched on it and it ties into burnout? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Steve's a friend of mine and and um, he, he once told me that he hadn't taken a summer off since <laughs> he was 16 years old. Wow. And this is one of the reasons he embraced essentialism um, originally. I mean, he, he's told me that literally it's his favorite book. Wow. And that's, and, and, and he, he, um, he endorsed effortless as well. And, uh, and I was just on his, um, on his uh, vault coaching program, working with, uh, with people that, uh, that signed up for his overall platform. And, and so, so this conversation is wow. ongoing and it, it's a, it's a, it's a tension. There's a, there's a challenge here because because often what we've been taught will produce success doesn't leave people successful. It actually mm -hmm. just leads them to be burned out and they still haven't achieved the things that mattered most for them. So we have to discover an alternative path. We have to find a, a different way. And, um, and in, in this new book, I suggest three interrelated strategies. Mm -hmm. The first is to get back to the effortless state. Yes. Uh, the second is to streamline uh, our activities so we can find effortless action. Yes. And the third is to construct systems that help us to achieve effortless results that can flow to us again and again. I'm not making a case in this book that... Uh, the life is easy. Um, I'm, it begins because uh, on the premise that, um, that life is hard and, and in a hundred ways for people. Uh, but the complication is we make it even harder than it needs to be. Yeah. So that's why we end up burning out and still don't have the results that we want. So there is a different path. We can make a different choice. We can discover uh, maybe not an easy path, but an easier way to do what is most essential. And if we can discover that, then we can break through to a higher point of contribution and without this burnout having to be part of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's, uh, I think everyone would, if we just lined up the whole planet in all the languages everyone speaks, and we just conveyed that, I think everyone would agree. <laughs> the, the, the tough thing is now let's implement it, but that in reality, even that can be effortless if we just, you know, when you take both these books that complement each other beautifully, 
and learn how to weed out the nonsense that we're just allowing to cloud our lives and just go straight for the things that matter most. And, and then with this, it's kind of like you smooth the, smooth the path even more to make it even that much more efficient and uh, effortless, if you will. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I like that you're contrasting the books, and I think that deserves just a mention. So essentialism in one word is prioritization. Yeah. Uh, effortless in one word is simplification. Mm-hmm. And the way that they're related beyond that is that essentialism is about doing the right things and effortless about doing them in the right way. Yeah. And it matters hugely because somebody can know what's essential and then still not do it consistently or even at all because they're doing it in such a hard perfectionist way. They're overthinking everything, uh, overcomplicating everything, over engineering everything. And so then they still, they just don't get, they just don't get the execution in a consistent way. They become very intermittent in their execution. And so then, uh, they don't get uh, they don't get the, the the benefits of compounding results where things start to flow in your favor. So so the the how you go about what's essential is vitally important. And I I really learned about this working. Um, um, I mean, I learned about it in two ways. But one way was working with people on this sort of unparalleled listening tour for the last seven years of uh, of, of hearing people talk about the things that matter most to them. Yeah, And uh, one of the things I found as I heard them talk was how, how easily they said, yeah, well, the essential things, I mean, they're so hard, but they're worth it. Yeah, And that kind of language and said in so many different ways was, was I suddenly realized it's like a dominant assumption about doing things that matter. People really believe the most important things are, the, are, in, are inherently the hardest. <laughs> and and so if you believe that if you believe life is one of two things it's either hard and essential or easy and trivial like uh the, the puritans might have taught you <laughs> then you're stuck between the two and a lot of people literally are stuck between the two and they'll they'll feel so overwhelmed by the essential they jump to the trivial but easy and what i'm trying to argue for not all the time but what if more of the time you could find a third alternative that was essential, but easier, funner, more joyful, where the systems were stacked in your favor. Yeah. And and these things can be done. And a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, to, to invert the challenge of your life, instead of to say, well, how can I work even harder to get the results I want? You say, well, how can I make this easier? Mm -hmm. How can I make this effortless? It's, it's a very different a hugely different paradigm and one that one that can um, um, can help us on the one hand to overcome burnout which is of course great right now but on the other hand there's an upside which is for the, for overachievers this is actually the way to break through to a 10x contribution if you can make something 10 times easier you can achieve 10 times more of it no kidding and that's really important for many overachievers that that, that i think uh, often overachievers are the people who, who are, you know, reading the things that I write. Uh, they, they, these are people who are already driven and capable and talented, but they've run out of space. Yeah. And so this, this really, especially this new book is written for them. They're already highly engaged, but there's no more space there. What do you do then? This mm. is what, this is, this is who this book is for. 
Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more. Beautiful. I, you know, I thought it was interesting towards the beginning of the book, you told the story and I really honor your transparency with this because you're talking about here, I'm the guy who wrote essentialism and, and all of a sudden your life kind of spun out of control a little bit, which is a good thing in some ways, like you had a lot of success and a lot of demands on your time because people love this work and uh, the content and all that. And let's get Greg McHugh into this and that. And, and all of a sudden you realize, wait a second, <laughs> tell, tell me your, in your own words, kind of a summarized, I guess, version of, of what led from your life to what I understand. A lot of that stuff triggered, I got to write this book. <laughs> Uh, yes, there was. I, I was starting to feel the limits of the big rocks theory, which I'd always subscribed to, and you know most people are familiar with. Mm -hmm. Big rocks theory is as well. If you've got a container of a certain size, and if you fill it with sand, the trivial stuff, and then the small rocks, the fairly important things, and then the big rocks, the most essential things. If you do it in that order, it won't fit just geometrically. But if you have the same container and you put the big rocks in first, followed by the small rocks, then the sand, then it works. And that's, I've rarely used it, but it isn't a bad phrase, you know, description of what essentialism is saying, at least some of what essentialism is arguing. And I just started to find myself saying, well, that is necessary, but it, it may be insufficient because... You know, what happens if you have too many big rocks? They, they're essential. Yep. Uh, by this point, I'm not just father of essentialism. I'm the father of four children. There's mm -hmm. many responsibilities that come along with it. And then on top yep. of all of that, at that moment of, this is some cracks in the theory uh, of, of the big rocks, I then have a family crisis where one of my daughters is, um, comes suddenly goes from a picture of health uh, to extreme neurological um, health uh, problems. Uh, yep. And so you go, okay, well, now what? Do you just give up on the essentials? Uh, what, like, or what? Give up on essentials or what? And the or what suddenly was really important. Is there a different way to go about the essentials? That will allow you to do more of the right things because you're doing them in a in a more effortless approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. I uh, and you know I know you you went through some trials and challenges there, but it, from a lot of these adversities in life are born beautiful things too, like this beautiful book. And I, you know, I, I honor everything you did there. And and you know, it's it's interesting a guy who's like, well, you're. You're the guy who wrote Essentialism. I just remember at the end of The Seven Habits of Stephen Covey, he wrote uh, this epilogue that said, you know, I'm laying out all these, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, I've laid out all these habits, but I'm not trying to pretend I'm perfect. <laughs> and, and so I think that it bears repeating, maybe for you and other authors too. It's like, these are principles and we're all striving for a, an ideal, but, uh, but now we've, we've at least fine-tuned it even more with Effortless of, okay, how do we smooth this out and, and make this process? Um, I, I love how it's broken down into three parts, by the way, because as you mentioned, the first part, the effortless state, um, do you want to just, I guess, briefly kind of uh, address what the effortless state is? Because I know it's broken down. There's like, I think five chapters, but you talk about invert, enjoy, release, rest, notice. 
And, you know, we're paraphrasing, we're not reading the whole book here, but <laughs> so people understand this is kind of what the content is. What is the effortless state? The effortless state is to be in a, a place where you're physically rested, uh, you're emotionally at peace, uh, you're mentally um, present and centered. Yeah. It's actually experience almost everybody has had. Yes. Uh, but, we, but, but sort of somewhat rarely. We spend a lot more of our lives in what I would now call uh, the suffering state, uh, which is where we're stressed, exhausted, uh, where we're angry, we're fearful. Yep. And, and so, <laughs> I mean, this is all before you get to the work itself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is, this is, you wouldn't think necessarily a lot of people don't think about, uh, about our state as being like a productivity hack. Uh, but, but what else is it? Um, when I ask people, a couple of people I've coached recently through this process and asked, well, look, what percentage of your mental energy has been consumed with anger, anger, grudges, and this, suffering state. Mm -hmm. And I've had answers like Tim Ferriss said, probably between 60 and 70% mm -hmm. uh, from, from ages 15 to 30 for him. Wow. I, I talked to somebody else recently, coached somebody else. They said, they said, actually, for me, it's even higher, 80 to 90%. Wow. So think of what it is if you could suddenly start to remove all that mental clutter and burden and baggage that just consumes so much of the available energy and intelligence um, and, and so that you can then take that energy and put it on the work itself, the essential things you actually want to move forward in your lives. That, that's why it's such an important part of this book. That's why it's such a, a key element of, um, of, this, of this new model. It's really the place to begin. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that's, this is the effortless state. Yeah, it's kind of preparing the ground of a, you know, a garden, cultivating the land and getting it ready to plant some seeds and actually do something that's going to grow into a beautiful harvest eventually, uh, too, it sounds like. it's And it sounds to me like some of the things you're bringing up with some of these individuals and stuff, I think most people can relate to that. It's And it's kind of like a, I don't know, a clog, like a clog in the sink or the toilets. Like people talk about a flow state. I mean, that's literally an analogy of flow. Something's got to keep flowing. And if it doesn't, uh, <laughs> you got problems. So we got to implement that in our own lives. And uh, I love it at the end. I think of, I think it was chapter five. You talk about prepare your space, rest your body, sit comfortably. And there's, there's a whole synopsis. People need to go read the book. We're just paraphrasing a lot, but uh, relax your mind, uh, release your heart, which had to do with some of the grudges and things that you mentioned too, and then breathe in gratitude. And I just love the balance of that. Because it just puts you, in my experience, because I've tried some of this too, is it puts you in a balanced place to, okay, now I can actually get down to business. And, uh, and again, moving on to part two, <laughs> effortless action. Now I'm ready for part two. Um, talk to you about the effortless action. I, I know you told a story in the book about doing dishes with your family. Like <laughs> here it's dinner time, And then no one, of course, no one wants to do the dishes, right? Um, but talk to me if you, you don't need to touch on that, but you can if you want, but about the effortless action part, um, because you break that down with some real, you know, define, start, simplify, progress, and pace. Uh, 
But what do you want to say about it? Well, the effortless action is about the task itself. If you're going to do a task, how can you streamline it? So to remove all the the complexity, the unhelpful complexity, the clutter uh, that would otherwise, uh, you know, take you forward. Um, I mean, an example that illustrates that in uh, in our lives was when my son asked to, he, he set a goal to become an Eagle Scout by the time he turned 14. And we were probably a little behind the curve on this already when he asked. He's about 12 when he asked. And so he said, okay, well, we'll set this goal. And we worked together on it. And we were making good progress on everything. In fact, we got it all the way through to the final Eagle project. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, you know, great support. 35 more people came and helped us construct this 180 foot fence uh, and paint it all in one day. And in a sense, a kind of effortless achievement. Uh, and then there was this Eagle Project report, the final report, the final thing you do. Yeah. And I personally know I have a friend who had done everything but that final report and never did get it done, or at least more technically, he got it done and handed it in the day after uh, he turned uh, he turned 18, which they're just absolute sticklers about in the scouting program. And so he never got his eagle. Oh, wow. And so at first we said, well, we'll get this done in a few days. And then we didn't. And then, okay, well, we'll do it in a, we'll do it in a couple of weeks. Uh, nope. And it started moving on. It's become a couple of months. And I just thought, well, what's going on? Why, why, why the procrastination? Why is he procrastinating? Why am I procrastinating? Sort of at least helping support this and help him through. And we just realized, well, we're overcomplicating it. We see it in our minds as this huge undertaking. Why? Well, we've seen some people's final projects, some have been demonstrated with great, you know, hurrah. I mean, in wooden boxes, gorgeously, you know, put together. Uh, <laughs> maybe somewhat uh, parent projects. Yeah. Uh, and and we said, well, do we care what other people have done? Do we? Does it have to have the second and third and fourth and tenth mile, you know, extra mile? Or can we just say, well, what does done look like? Yeah. Uh, and so we identify what done looks like. Well, that we have handed it into the scout's office and it is, they have accepted it. It is complete. All right. Well, what's the first actual physical step we can take? Uh, well, it's, uh, it's to go and uh, to go and get a three ring binder. That's the first thing we can do. Okay. Well, we can do that. Oh, I can do that. That's, we don't have to take the whole thing on at once. We don't have to worry about the 10th step or the 20th step first. Yeah. Let's just do the first one. Yeah. What are the minimum steps we need to do? To complete this uh well we just need this this three-page essay it doesn't need to be 10 pages they ask for three we'll do what they asked us to do these are a few photographs and uh and very short write-ups on each it doesn't need to be an essay on each and as soon as we removed all of the unnecessary complexity it became more doable and we did get the job done and handed it in so that he fully handed in, fully accepted, and he became an Eagle Scout one yeah. week before his 14th birthday. So to me, that whole section in the book about effortless action is about simplification of the task itself, ridding it of the over-engineering, the overthinking, and the perfectionism that often makes it hard to, to, to start, 
you know, make progress on or complete an essential project. Yeah. Yeah. I love the stories in the book and thank you for kind of reiterating that too, for our audience. Um, it's, and there's some great stories. Yeah. I know there's one where it's the first step was to go get a tape measure <laughs> as well. And I was like, well, that's, you know, it's interesting how we sometimes overcomplicate. Like we take, here's an end result and a whole thing. And then we turn it into some big blob of nonsense when it's really, you can weed out all the junk, like the garden analogy and just get down to business and get it done. Like you're talking about. And then you guys efficiently did it. Um, and in the interest of your time too, cause I want to respect that. I just want to, uh, I mean, in closing, cause you have this part three, which is effortless results. And I encourage everybody go pick up this book. It's got tons and tons of great reviews all across the board and Amazon and everywhere. And the audio book is beautifully done. You get to hear Greg's uh, awesome British accent voice. <laughs> Everything's just great. I just want to ask you, do you have any heroes, Greg? Oh, that's a, I do have many heroes. Um, I mean, one of the one of my heroes is in is is in the book, and it is about this um, this effortless uh, this results, which we haven't quite touched upon, and uh, is a, a friend of mine who was in Africa trying to make a difference, and spoke to an entrepreneur there, uh, and she was someone who was living in a subsistence way. She would sell produce on the street and she couldn't afford to take one day off and be able to afford to pay her family uh, or rather provide food for her family. When, when she got talking to her about, well, why is this the case? What do you need? It was obvious that there was an opportunity if she could buy the produce from her, um, you know, from the, the, from its source from the farmers, from the fisheries, uh, but but she couldn't afford to take the time off. Well, how much would it take to do that? Well, if she had an investment, a loan of $500, then she could make the change in her business mm-hmm. and step up to the next level and not be subsistence anymore. And that's a, it's a relatively modest loan. Yeah. And, and what's brilliant and why I, why I admire what happens next so much is because she doesn't do that. Instead, she says, okay, what if we constructed a way, a system, to not only give this entrepreneur a $500 loan, but to do it in a way that lots of people can provide loans to lots of people who repay them? And yeah, this is yeah. how Jessica Jackley co-founded, co-created Kiva.org. Yes. Instead of that $500, it has now grown to $1.3 billion dollars <laughs> of loans given. I love it. And 97% of those loans are repaid. So it's a per, it's in perpetuity. What is the difference in impact between a one-time $500 loan and 1.3 billion perpetually reinvested? I mean it's not we're, we're not talking about a small incremental difference, right? We we are it is literally not an exaggeration to say that's a million times more impact. Mm-hmm. It's literally more than a million times more impact. And that's yeah. just what they've done already. And you just got to keep it in perpetuity. It's that's absolutely extraordinary. Yeah. So that's the difference between getting a one-time result, which is good. I and mean, that's what part two of the book is about, how to get a one-time result as easily as possible. But yeah. the difference in 
this third idea of effortless results is residual results in perpetuity that you can build a system once. It might take you a bit more effort to get the thing built, but you invest it so that you get results that flow again and again and again. And that actually to me is the most exciting part of the effortless model and the effortless argument is that there are ways to build uh, to build systems that return results, not once, not just you put effort in and get paid once, but you put effort in once and you get paid a hundred times, a thousand times. Or in this case with Jessica Jackley, literally a million times. Oh, yeah. So awesome. I love all that. It's, uh, you know, and there's a part in there where it talks about harness the strength of 10 and you talk about the COVID masks. Everyone got to go read it. We're just giving you a, a little uh, tidbit. So jump in. That's the third section. Don't skip ahead, though. And uh, I love that. Harnessing the power of people and and realizing that we can all work together, we can unite and we can all lift ourselves and the literal common ground of the world that we share together together. And, uh, and so I just I love the power of all this. And I could go on and on and on. I can't tell you enough how much, uh, uh, how big a fan I am of you and your work, first of all, and how much this work clearly is impacting the world. We see these reviews, we see uh, just some major things with this. So um, last thing, I'm going to let you go, but uh, are you coming to us from the hot tub? (laughs) (laughs) You know, if I had thought, if I had... I, I'm not at the hot tub right now, but I, <laughs> I, I have done more meetings than probably is fair to admit uh, from, from the hot tub, uh, which is which is only to say uh, that sounds very very uh, privileged thing to say, but it's only to say that, uh, that 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 we can if we get a little creative, we can make it we can make our lives just a little more enjoyable, just a little easier. I mean, I, I maybe leave you on that. With, with, I'll leave you on with, with one story and one question. How's that? Yeah, please. Um, it's a story that isn't in the book, but I kind of wish it was. Uh, <laughs> a, a story that was at one time, and then I... Um, it, it got edited out. Next so book. And, and it's of a mother... It's very, it's a very sad moment, actually, but with inspiration. It's a mother with her son who's dying in uh, the hospital, and she knows it's the end, and she gets up next to him in the bed just to kind of be with him at the very end mm-hmm. and then right as he gets to the end right between and he's in in the in-between place which sometimes happens where he's not fully here but he's not fully there yet he opens his eyes and he just suddenly says oh mom it's all so simple it's mm-hmm. all so simple mm-hmm. and that's his dying words to us, to her, and, and, and with it, the question, how, how am I making life harder or more complicated than it needs to be? Mm. And when we have an answer to that question, we have something very valuable, which is we'll know what to do next. Well, I, yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that story. Uh, I invite everyone to go contemplate that story and question everything else we've talked about. And if you haven't read or listened to this book yet, go obviously do that as well. And uh, I can't thank you enough, Greg. And of course our audience, uh, we're flattered you spend time with us. Uh, So go do those things and uh, until next time, empower yourself, empower the world around you. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
Thanks so much for listening to Empower Humans. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review this podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit EmpowerHumans.com. We'll catch you next time.